When it comes to issues of cultural accountability, it would seem like our society is heavily biased against conservatives. A few months ago, Tucker Carlson lost dozens of sponsors when activists claimed what he said on his show was offensive, and these companies didn't want to be associated with it, so they pulled out. Recently, Media Matters for America dug up 10-year-old comments from Tucker Carlson, and again, he lost a sponsor. But when they dug up comments from Media Matters president Angelo Carazon, no one really cared. He just went on TV and said it was a joke. In the past couple days, we saw a viral video where activists confronted Chelsea Clinton and claimed that because she condemned Elon Omar's anti-Semitism, her words directly resulted in what happened in New Zealand. It turns out one of these activists in the past has actually called for the complete destruction of Israel. In response to her confrontation with Chelsea Clinton, however, which many people found offensive, BuzzFeed gave them a platform to write an op-ed and double down on their position. Even though Democrat and Republican alike found these activist actions offensive, they were given a platform. But conservatives have their platform taken away. Today, let's take a look at the latest issues surrounding what happened with Chelsea Clinton and look at some examples of our society being biased against conservatives when they say things that aren't even that offensive. But before we get started, make sure you subscribe to our new channel, youtube.com slash subverse videos. The goal with Subverse is to produce straight-laced news, expert interviews, and on-the-ground reporting to strip out the spin and the bias to the best of our abilities. If you want to support this video, just share it on social media to help spread the message. You may have seen the video a pregnant Chelsea Clinton being berated by activists who point their fingers and shout that because she dared criticize Elon Omar for being anti-Semitic, that she directly contributed to what happened in New Zealand. Well, BuzzFeed decided to give these two activists a chance to write on their platform in their op-ed section. We confronted Chelsea Clinton at the Christchurch vigil. Here's why. The activists who confronted Chelsea Clinton at the vigil for victims of the Christchurch massacre explain their actions. They say, we went to the vigil for one reason, to grieve the loss of innocent lives that were stolen from this world by vile hatred. We wanted to join our friends and colleagues in a time of heartbreak and agony to remember the 49 Muslims who were murdered for being Muslim. As a Jewish, American, Israeli, and a Palestinian Muslim, we understand far too well the consequences of anti-Semitism, anti-Muslim bigotry, and white supremacy. And as activists who are unafraid to speak the truth, we know we have a duty to call out any bigotry wherever it exists. This Twitter account, at Viva Falastin, is said to be one of these activists. And I can only assume that's true, but it's not a verified profile, so just keep that in mind. She tweeted, Rose and I wrote an op-ed. Please remember that the Muslim community right now, specifically the one in Christchurch, needs our love and support. At the end of the day, we should all be vigilantly fighting white supremacy in all its forms. But what was it that Chelsea Clinton said that was so offensive that it could have led to what happened in New Zealand and required activists getting in her face and yelling at her? John Levine of The Rap pulled up the two tweets. He says, For what it's worth, this is the Chelsea Clinton-Elon Omar stuff which sparked that confrontation on Friday. First, Chelsea said, co-signed as an American, we should expect all elected officials, regardless of party and all public figures, to not traffic in anti-Semitism. In another tweet, she said, thank you, Congresswoman Elon MN, for your leadership. Looking forward to learning from you and with you and to our conversation about anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, racism, xenophobia, allyship, bad faith attacks, and more. In the op-ed from these activists, they wrote to Chelsea Clinton, We hope that our intentions in confronting you are now clear. We believe that you still owe an apology, not only to Rep. Omar, but also to Palestinians for using your platform to defame their cause. As an Israeli national and a Palestinian, we want you to know that it is dangerous to label valid criticisms of Israel and its lobby as anti-Semitic. We know that this is a tactic to silence us and deny us our free speech. 
These activists demand an apology from Chelsea Clinton because she was trying to call it anti-Semitism. BuzzFeed gives this activist a platform. But in the past, it looks like this activist may have said things far worse than anything Chelsea Clinton has ever said. Harry Kachatrian tweeted, Same person who thinks it's inappropriate for Chelsea Clinton to attend a vigil for the victims of a terror attack because she criticized Elon Omar's anti-Semitism also wants the Jewish state annihilated. I am shocked. So shocked. And he shows this screenshot from Viva Falastin that said, you're only interested in demolishing Israel. And she then goes on to say that demolishing Israel is a solution to the problem. I want to make sure it's clear that it's hard to verify the authenticity of these tweets and the Twitter account. The Twitter account of this woman does have 24 or so thousand followers, so it looks like it might be her, and it says she's her, and many people have pointed out that it's her. And the screenshots may or may not be real or fake. It looks like they're real. But regardless, whether or not she actually did call for the destruction of Israel, this is a woman who engaged in behavior that was considered offensive by most people on the left and the right. Several high-profile people on the left actually said, Chelsea Clinton has nothing to do with this, and you shouldn't confront her. It's just kind of absurd. Yet BuzzFeed still decided to give them a platform to write their op-ed. And you know, I think that's actually appropriate. You should let them be heard so people understand why they did what they did. But at the same time, we're hearing that Janine Pierre on Fox News is off the air for a week, and CNN speculates it may be a suspension over offensive comments she made about Elon Omar. Brian Stelter writes, Janine Pirro is off the air at Fox News one week after Islamophobic comments. Last Saturday night, Pirro questioned whether Omar's Islamic religious beliefs stand in opposition to the U.S. Constitution, prompting Fox to say, we strongly condemn Janine Pirro's comments. The network said at the time that the views Pirro expressed do not reflect those of the network, and we have addressed the matter with her directly, but declined to say if she was being sanctioned in any way. Several advertisers subsequently distanced themselves from Pirro's weekly show called Justice. The show did not appear on this weekend's cable schedule guide. In its place was an unusual repeat of a documentary series. Pirro has not said anything about taking a vacation. She hasn't tweeted since last weekend. Altogether, the circumstances suggest that she has been suspended by Fox in the wake of her comments. But if she has been suspended, Fox is not saying so. A network spokeswoman said, we are not commenting on internal scheduling matters. There is no word on whether Pirro's show will return next week. Now, of course, I recognize the difference between a couple activists who engaged in high-profile behavior and someone who's got a national television show on a major cable channel. But it still seems like there's a double standard beyond these two breaking news moments. For instance, James Gunn. James Gunn tweeted 10 years ago, everyone started getting mad that he made offensive jokes. I thought it was silly that we would punish someone for jokes they made a long time ago, just like we did Kevin Hart. But James Gunn was subsequently fired for making these comments, and it seemed like maybe there isn't a double standard, at least to a certain extent, or maybe it's not as bad as we realized. But then new reporting came out that it seems the studios weren't actually looking to replace him. It was likely just a PR stunt, and some people have said he was never really fired in the first place. They just claimed that to get activists off their back. So now we can look at what's happened in the past year or so. James Gunn doesn't get fired for being offensive. Tucker Carlson does lose his sponsors. Media Matters for America doesn't get in trouble because they made offensive comments in the past. And Janine Pirro is off of Fox News because of one comment she made that was deemed offensive. It seems like over and over again, there is absolutely a bias in favor of the left, even to an extreme degree. Chelsea Clinton, Hillary Clinton's daughter, very clearly a Democrat. But they give these two extremist activists a platform to espouse their opinions and demand an apology of a woman who didn't do anything other than condemn bigotry. In fact, it looks like at least one of these activists is an anti-Semite who has some rather terrifying ideas. 
And this seems to be what happens over and over again. You can look at what happened with Elon Omar in Congress. Instead of calling her out directly, the bill put forth just condemned bigotry in general and omitted her name. And Republicans now have to draft a bill calling her out specifically because the Democrats wouldn't do it. From the Washington Examiner, Elon Omar singled out in GOP resolution condemning anti-Semitism. They say Republicans are targeting Rep. Elon Omar for her anti-Semitic remarks in a new resolution that names her specifically after the House voted on broad anti-hate bill that didn't name her. The resolution noted that Omar accused Jewish people of buying influence in Congress by tweeting, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. There are a couple other quotes from Elon Omar in the story that I'm not going to read because they are offensive. I'm not saying that people don't attempt to get accountability for people on the left. They do, but typically they get a pass from the media and from our society in general for whatever reason. Look at what happens with Antifa and the Proud Boys. Should we be defending what the Proud Boys did in New York? No, we shouldn't, but they got in trouble for it. Yet how long did Antifa run around bashing people over their head in different cities? Not just once. The guy in Berkeley, the guy in Portland, the mortar shells we saw in Portland, a lot of violence in Portland and violence in Boston. How many times does Antifa show up with weapons and the media didn't say anything about it? But the Proud Boys and other conservatives show up and they're immediately condemned as being violent. The issue of social media censorship is also a really good example of the pro left-wing bias. It is often espoused by journalists that YouTube is radicalizing people to the right. And here's another bit of data that I've actually shown numerous occasions. We can see this bracket right here is the left, the center, and the right. The left is getting substantially more view recommendations than both other wings combined. Yet look at this. On the left, the amount of recommendations that go from left to right, it's actually relatively small. And the amount of recommendations that go from right to left is nearly double the size, meaning Even though the right on YouTube gets half the recommendations, they're still giving nearly double the recommendations to the left. If you're going to make any calculation as to what was going on, it would seem that YouTube actually pushes people from the right to the left. Yet for some reason, over and over again, we're told that YouTube is biased in favor of conservatives when clearly the data shows us this is not true. I think one of the big reasons for this phenomenon is that most journalists tend to be on the left, so they ignore stories of the left doing wrong because they're not concerned about it. We've seen data showing that most new journalism jobs have emerged in blue districts. These people are mostly friends with each other, they share the same stories, they talk to each other, and that's why we see Covington go so wrong. And Covington is another extreme example of the bias in favor of the left. Nathan Phillips lied, the kids didn't do anything wrong, yet the media persisted and now they're being sued for it. The bias is getting more and more extreme, and I think it's because social media is causing communication to move so rapidly that people are spreading misinformation faster and faster. It's hard to know for sure. Really, it is. But when I see Tucker Carlson punished, when I see media matters just get away with it, when I see the left refusing to hold their own accountable, it's rather frustrating. Because then they come for my YouTube channel. They don't like that I call them out. And they're going to look at the thumbnail on this video and claim it's proof that I'm actually conservative. When in reality, most of my political opinions and views lean left. I've just recently supported some Democrats who I really hope to see on the debate stage. And I just don't like the double standard and the lies. I want an honest conversation about how to move forward this country, not deceit, cheating, and manipulation to get ahead. Because if you want to build your world, your new government, based off of lying, cheating, and stealing, you will only ever have a government of liars, cheaters, and thieves. We need to have calm, reasonable discussions to figure out how to move forward, not disingenuous attacks that ignores the problems of the left and only claims the right is doing wrong. 
But let me know what you think in the comments below. We'll keep the conversation going. You can follow me on Minds at TimCast. Stay tuned. New videos every day at 4 p.m. Eastern. And I'll have more videos on my second channel, youtube.com slash timcastnews at 6 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.